right. Welcome back. Here we are again. Tennessee Wildcast, weekly program of the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. It's our podcast. You can watch it in Tennessee. You can watch it in China. You can watch it in Asia. I mean, that is China, I guess, but some of it. You can watch us all over the world. All right? Oh, yeah. It's out there everywhere you want to. Because we're podcasting. Want to find it. We're on Twitter. Oh, we're on Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. But, hey, we're on uh, tnwildcast.com, tnwild.org. We're everywhere. Listen on SoundCloud. Listen on iTunes. We're out there. You can find us. That's right. Anyway, it's good to have you here. I'm Doug Markham. This is Jason Harmon. Our guest is back. We had a few weeks ago. He was so good. Todd's sitting out here, too. But our guest is back. We had a few weeks ago, Dale Grandstaff. We're going to get to Dale quick this time. We made you wait last time. Yeah. Dale was on a few weeks ago when he asked him to come back and talk to us more about deer. We didn't begin to get in all the topics we want to talk with Dale about on deer because we spent so much time on the Stephen Tucker butt, the Tennessee Tucker butt. Yep. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more today. That's but still a hot topic out there right It's now. going to be hot for – that's one reason we want to talk about it. We didn't really get through everything we need to talk about because it's going to be a hot topic for at least two years. At least. Is that right, Dale? Yeah, yeah at least. And, and let me just real quick, the Tucker butt, you got it up there? Okay. Yeah. The Tennessee Tucker butt, potential world record. Dale, if you haven't watched the show, go back – week before last and mm-hmm. watch it and it's it's a great show where dale explains this potential world record buck and what he had to do to measure it and what all of it means but what we didn't get to dale is that we have you have right now until you look at it again in, in january right now it is the world record as it stands if green score as a green as a green score yeah which is you know I, I wanted the i wanted him to know what it scored that's the reason i went and scored it that night because i knew he would get a million questions what's the score and what's he, the score yes yeah and he surely has and and then you and you gotta wait six days let it dry score it again you'll have more boone and crockett scores there and then it will still if it if it remains the world record or whatever it remains uh it still has to go to the boone and crockett club when they have their their awards banquet awards banquet yes and they don't meet every year no and what will happen is uh, in january we will meet again um I'll meet with Stephen. I'll meet with a couple of his friends, and we'll have some official scores from our agency. I will score the deer. I will sit down and score it, but I will bounce ideas off of the other off the other uh, official scores, and uh, just just to kind of uh, reassure myself that this is the correct spot to score it, to mark it, to measure it from. Uh, from that point, um, whether it's the new state record, the new world record, or not the world record, that score I will immediately. Uh, scan those sheets in and send them to Boone and Crockett just so they are aware of it. Um, but it will be up to uh, um, a panel of Boone and Crockett scores in the spring of 2019. Got to wait till 2019. So what what will happen is the score I gave it in January, whatever it is, it will be the pending world record. Okay. The pending. So it's not really pending right now. It's no, just, it's a green okay. score right now. It's the pending, the pending world record, or the pending whatever until the spring of 2019. So he's got to wait that long to officially say this is the record. Okay. Uh, well, what he, they, let me one more, one more. Yeah, just ahead. what they do is they invite between now and then the top five non-typical deer killed in the country or in in North America will get invited to this awards banquet. The top five typical will get invited to this awards banquet. At this banquet, they will set a panel to score this deer. That panel will determine if my score will hold. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. That's wow. going to yeah. be fun. Well, and Stephen Tucker, will he be there? He he's will be invited to, to come with it, yes. And back up a little bit. Dale works for the TWA. Obviously, he's an officer. He's a captain and worked in Montgomery County as an officer for a long time now as a captain. But also, you are an official Boone and Crockett scorer. That's correct. And, Boone and, and Crockett Club. And the night that I went 
to score this. I didn't go as an officer. I went or as an official for the agency. I went as a Boone and Crockett score. Okay. Uh, just because I knew this deer was out there and that there was a potential for it to be a state record. Okay. I urge you to go back and watch the show week before last because it's really interesting on what I was going on with that. I have a question about will he be able to mount this thing and, and display it in his home or does he have to keep it just in the skull uh, mount? Well, or, let me just really quick go with this. A lot of people are seeing the picture of this, the rack and the skull cap. He is going to mount this deer. I couldn't believe people could not believe that he would just cut the rack up like that. That's the way they mount deer. A taxidermist takes uh, takes the hide off and they cap the skull like that so that it's easy for them to attach it to a form. So it'll go on to a form. He's going to mount it. He's not just putting that in his house like that. Yeah, and some folks thought it was a European mount, and some thought they just was just going to do it. He may do a full body mount. He he has it. He has it. Uh, caped out wow. to possibly do a full body, and but the before it's scored, Boone and Crockett scores it. Does it have to stay like that? It has to dry like that for sixty days. Okay. We we started the countdown the day after it, it uh, was 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 done like that, and uh, it'll be a sixty day drying period, and then we'll officially score it. In January, you're going to officially score it, and as we said last time, we'll be there. We yeah. want to get we want to document it and yeah. all that, and it's a big deal. Uh, and what do you think, Dale? Or, are we becoming the new Iowa? Are we the new Illinois? No, I, don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that at all. Uh, we just have some really good genetics and good deer in parts and, of Tennessee. In parts of Tennessee, some places will never grow trophy deer in in the eyes of some people. Right. But to a hunter, an older mature deer is a trophy. Any deer that they harvest is a trophy. It just depends mm-hmm. on who the hunter is. Right. Uh, but some parts of our state can grow bigger deer than others. Yeah, and this is, I mean, even folks, and want to make this clear, even folks who hunt trophy whitetail bucks, they eat the meat. They like the yes. venison, okay? Mm-hmm. So they're they're not out there just hunting for antlers. At least not many I've ever met are. And, and what I, a lot of people, a lot of officers, we're not promoting we're gonna that you can't shoot what you want, what makes you happy. We can grow this kind of deer, in some places, not this big all the time, but we can grow great deer. But get, within the limits, harvest what makes you happy. Okay. That's the main thing. Harvest what makes you happy within the limits. Yeah. 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 And and uh, the two buck limit that we have now, or two antler deer limit we mm-hmm. have now. Um, what are you thinking about that? What are you hearing from folks in the field? Uh, not not officers, but but people, hunters that you're talking to. You know, some people. Uh, some people love it. Some people don't like it, you yeah. know, but, uh, but most people I think want us to at least leave it that way for a while to see if it makes any kind of difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't want us to change it back or, or they not don't want ho- us to flip flop back and forth. Not holding it to you. You're not working up in the, in the deer wildlife division upstairs, but what do you think? Will it grow bigger deer in Tennessee? As somebody who loves deer hunting, you put him on the spot. Well, my personal experience, not, yeah. not as an agency employee, not as a wildlife officer, my personal experience, last year uh, I harvested one buck in the county. Um, the year before I harvested two. Uh, last year I harvested one on my farm. So if I'd harvested two last year, I could have potentially shot the one that I killed this year. The one I killed this year was the biggest I've ever taken. So uh, to me, it made a difference on my place because I only harvested one on it last year. And potentially the one that I would have taken as my second buck last year, I got him this year, and he was the biggest I've ever taken. Okay. And how big was that? Um, high 160s. I haven't scored him because I was I was, uh, I was going to score him the day I shot him, but I went and scored you the Tucker scored buck. scored another one. Yeah. Okay. So he's in the freezer right now, but uh, uh, 
high 160s right at 170. Yeah, you know, it's it's part of the management of deer in Tennessee is is you're managing the the population of course, but it's in pretty good shape. Then you start managing the desire after the population's good. You start des- managing the desire of the sportsman, mm-hmm. and there's that certain segment that wants bigger bucks, and that certain segment just wants to shoot a deer and yeah. eat it. So that's always the the thing that's going on, and I think the commission works to try to. And, and the state's so diverse. Compromise as best as possible. From one end to the other, state's so diverse. It's really hard to just just blanket say this is how we need to do right. it. Right. Good point. Um, and, uh, but my personal hunting, not as an agency employee, but most of my friends last year that hunt, and we all have this circle, we talk, and we, we all know what each other shoots, uh, 90% of them only shot one buck last year. Mm-hmm. Whereas the year before, when they had three, they would have shot two. They would have. They would yeah. have taken two. Oh, yeah. They had the opportunity to shoot two good deer, mm-hmm. but last year they didn't want to end their season so quickly, so they shot one. Um, so it made a difference in my circle of friends that I know. Okay. What yeah. about you, Jason? You you took a buck a few weeks ago. Small buck, but you took one. Right. You going to wait now? I will wait for a bigger buck now. I just wanted to get some meat in the freezer and redeem myself from the one I missed the first week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it was kind of trashy, too. So, I, you know, it had some broken off points, and, and, and I didn't want those. You know, I've always heard genes. You could have those genes in the herd. Is that true? Um, probably uh, as far as the gene pool, I don't think that hunters can really affect it by taking out deer like that. I always say let them grow and look at their body size if you want to get a uh, – a, uh, a deer to its maximum size look at the body instead of the antlers okay look at the body so are you saying that you could get a spike one year i mean you could have a spike one year and you hear a lot of hunters thinking that's let them go let them, if you want if you want to look totally if you want to grow sure. a big deer let the spike go and see what he does in three mm-hmm. years and because we, he could turn into something crazy and tucker and i let the let one walk that first week right. a little four point came through the yard and i told him i said we're not gonna we're not gonna shoot that and we're gonna let it walk and then here i am shooting this other one it's all right <laughs> next well, week but, no but again but you're that's why i say shoot what makes you happy yeah. you know yeah. you got to shoot what makes you happy and but 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 stay within the limits yeah, yeah, stay within the limits. It's true. And, Dale, this is really putting you on the spot real, really here, and, and I'll be careful with it some, but you feel like people are listening to the new buck limit. That, are, are they are they abiding by it? You feel comfortable with I it? I feel like they are. Um, you know, most people are going to do the right thing. Most I people think are so going to do the right thing. They're going to say, hey, I'm going to let that one go because I'm not quite sure, or, you know, I shot this one, and, and it's it's a legal buck now, so I'm going to check it in as a buck. All right. I don't think it would be perfect. But I always feel like the sportsmen are 98, 90. I think they're the high 90s. They're going to do us right. Mm-hmm. I always do. Yeah. And, and we always look at you. I can kind of look back at numbers of tickets. And it, out of 100 people you check, you know, sometimes you look at it and you, you write like a ticket for every 100 you check. So, you know, it's 99% compliance. So I kind of look at it like that. Okay. Do you feel like they know the law now? Have we done a good enough job telling them the new law or do we still need to keep pounding away? I think it? probably just keep reiterating that this is the new limit this is the new uh definition of an antler are we common to other states now that if, if you don't know the answer that's fine because you're not working in georgia or or, or kentucky but are we common to them with I, this i feel like we are to to most states that surround us yeah okay with yeah. i'm talking about with what yeah. we define now as an antler buck. i feel like several states I, I know that several states around us do that okay yeah all right all right good deal you are also uh have you have also headed up you and Jeremy Odom and others, a lot of volunteers and stuff, have headed up this wonderful hunt on um, Fort Campbell. Yes. And Fort Campbell is a magical place itself that you can tell us some about. But in recent years, you've held, have held this youth hunt, and these kids go up there and have a great time. 
a lot of them kill their first buck ever, and some of them maybe take the biggest deer they're ever going to take in their lives. Tell us about your hunt, and then we're going to show Jason's going to show photographs of, of some of this. Okay. And we got one deer we especially want to talk about. Okay, well, uh, the one thing I always say about this hunt is that a deer uh, could be taken by a kid that will be that kid's deer of a lifetime. Every year on this hunt, we have a kid take one that's like that, and this year was no exception. Um, when was this held? Uh, it's uh, it was held a couple weeks ago at uh, Fort Campbell, and um, it'll be back. Yeah, it'll, it'll be year. back for next year, and it's usually around the first couple weeks of November, somewhere in there. Uh, we try to hit it with the rut. Uh, Fort Campbell is difficult to hunt as it is, but when you get kids in there and you're hunting from the ground mostly, it's very difficult to hunt. So we try to set it so that the deer are moving, they're on their feet, traveling, so that they can have a chance to come across the path. Rut time of year, is that what you're saying? Yeah, we're doing it during the rut. Um, And and the the biggest thing is that Fort Campbell is so generous with allowing us to get these areas, to get good areas. The biologists, the the military folks themselves, um, and the people that work at the outdoor recreation, they... You know, they're the ones that put this on. We just kind of facilitate okay, and, and, and we, we go in there and we have a meal for them and we, 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 they allow us to say, okay, these are the areas we want. These are the kids we put in or how many kids we put in, how many people are on the hunt. But uh, they have the ability to allow us to do this. Okay. Well, yeah. we thank Fort Campbell. Fort Campbell. I, I surely don't yes. want to give them sure because they do. And and uh, this is a great place. Tell us just a little bit about Fort Campbell. What What is it? And why uh, is it such a good deer hunting Fort Campbell is a military base. Uh, it's about 105,000 acres on the Tennessee-Kentucky line. Uh, it's in uh, portions of Montgomery, Stewart, Trigg, and Christian County, Kentucky. Uh, Christian County is, is known as one of the top big buck producers in Kentucky, in the in the country. Uh, Montgomery and Stewart are top big buck counties in the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Trigg County's also in, in Kentucky got a, a lot of big bucks. So it's situated in one of those zones that is just unbelievable in the amount of deer it can produce and the quality it can produce. A lot of agriculture land was taken in the 40s, and that ag land, which grows great crops, was converted into woodland or thickets or pine stands or oak stands. So now... They have crops on Fort Campbell, but they also have the cover. Just off post, you have all these big cornfields and bean fields, but no cover. But Fort Campbell has the bean fields, the cornfields, and the cover. That's what makes it so special. And, and it's a favorite place of a lot of adults, not just oh, these kids. Adults it. have been hunting there for as long as I can remember. My dad hunted there many, many, many years ago. And it also is important in the restoration yes. of deer in Tennessee. Many deer were taken off there and taken across the state. Over 3,000, from what I read, over 3,000 came from Fort Campbell and spread out over Tennessee, and, uh, and, and that's part of our deer herd. So when people say... We just don't have the genetics that Kentucky has, or we don't have the genetics that Fort Campbell has. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. They're all over our state. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got a lot of deer from a lot of different genetics yes. all over our state. We got some good genetics in Sumner County. Yes, I we hear. do. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, lately that's been... Uh, Those deer came from Fort Campbell. Rumor. Those yeah. deer came from Fort Campbell. Yeah. Uh, they did. Up yes. in Sumner County, they would have been, had no genetics. That makes sense to me. It wouldn't have been a very long drive no, from there. drop off about 15 or 20, a couple spots. Okay. Did you show that group shot? Yeah, did I did show that group okay. shot. I want to talk about the other. Yeah, that, let's do that. that this was is harvested there. Special to Fort Campbell. What yeah, is this? Very unique. Very unique. Um, and and a trophy, right? For it's, it's for what's on this rack? Absolute trophy. The rack itself is a trophy. Um, it's an eleven pointer. Um, this young man, uh, he's come to that this hunt for several years, um, and uh, he uh, hunted an area that joined the impact. Um, which we had a great area that joined the impact. And when they saw this deer come out that morning, they thought it had another buck rack or another buck head attached to its head. They just didn't know what it was. 
uh, they saw the big canister hanging down in this mass, and when they initially saw it, they thought he had another deer attached, but when he shot it, uh, it had a parachute and a flare attached to the rack. A parachute and a flare? Yeah. What the yeah. heck is that? They uh, Fort Campbell, when they're training, they, they shoot those up over the impact area, and it lights it up so they can see to shoot their okay. targets. All right, and yeah. real quick, what's an impact area? Uh, impact area is on Fort Campbell where they shoot uh, um, their uh, munitions into and, and unexplode, you know, Shoot off at tank, whatever. Yeah, there's unexploded ordnance out there, so it's off limits to hunting. Okay. So it's a massive, uh, thousands of acres, no hunting. But you can imagine if you got an area next to it during the rut, anything is possible. So this deer went in there and started. He probably went up to that canister and started licking on it. It's got oh. some. It's got like a, a mineral that they like or a salty taste phosphorus to it. Or? Phosphorus. That yeah. I think that's right. But when it starts licking on that canister, its antlers got caught up in the parachute and the and the uh, rope. And it couldn't get it off. It just gets worse and so worse. So then it pro- I'm sure it was running like crazy, and it just started wrapping and wrapping and wrapping, and, and it finally could see, but that's that's the result of it. Okay. Now, I, I remember seeing some of those deer a few years ago, you and Jeremy and worked and, and other folks, but y'all were, y'all were priming to it, worked a, a poaching case that involved that. And there were a couple in that impact were, area. Yeah, there were a couple of deer that they had mounted that had these on them. And it's not impossible to kill a deer like this because they will come out of the impact into the general hunting area. Those guys went into the impact but area. Those were taken out of the impact area. Yeah, yeah. okay. Those guys um, risked a lot of, they risked their lives to kill deer illegally. To shoot some, some big deer, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. All right. So, but they had that on there. And and, um, uh, and it, it's interesting to see now, will he mount that deer just like that? Yeah, this deer, what I wanted to, the point I wanted to make is we've had this hunt for 15 years. This was the 15th year. We hunt around uh, 80 to 100 kids a year on this hunt. This is the first one we've ever taken that had this uh, a parachute wrapped in its rack. Mm. So this is a true Fort Campbell trophy that he will never, ever top. He'll never get anything like this again. I mean, it's a great rack, what you can see. I yeah, mean, it's, it's a, a great chocolate rack. spread on that rack. Great deer, but yeah. the, the, the uniqueness of it. And his dad is going to uh, have the deer mounted for him and... Uh, and he'll always have it and and know where it came from. Everybody will always know where it came yeah, from. Yeah, that's that's a signature yeah. for sure. And uh, came out of that thing. So, if you it, want to see a video about this hunt on our Facebook, yeah, uh, Barry Cross, a Region Two guy, shot some great video of this and, and these photos. Yeah, just scroll down because you have to scroll mm-hmm. a little bit now because it's been a couple of weeks yeah, ago. It's but it's while. it's there and it's it's really interesting to watch it. There, interviews, Dale. There was a, another gentleman on there. He came up to me that day and he said uh, his son killed a just a great heavy rack nine or eight pointer and his uh his grandfather was with him i think yeah there it is his grandfather came up to me and said you know i brought my son here 20 years ago to fort campbell my son killed his first deer here and he goes and i wanted to bring my grandson and kill his kill his first deer so uh that gentleman right there brought his son 20 years ago to fort campbell for his first deer and he brought his grandson this time for his first deer who how can you get involved in this how can a youngster get involved Um, typically you know there's a huge demand for it it's probably not because i'm there because i know it's probably the number one youth hunt in the state maybe the southeast because of the amount of people wanting on it uh and it's it's uh, usually in october they'll announce it um uh, I've, I've spoken with fort campbell a little bit and they are planning to have it again next year we don't okay. we haven't set a date for sure okay. but um uh it'll be uh, on their website at fort campbell uh just, just look up fort campbell website and look look at the uh, mwr outdoor recreation and uh in october typically they post it okay and you yeah. have to apply and hope you have to get it you have to get a permit post permit first oh, yeah. and then you have to call in well calling in everybody's trying to call in so First come, first serve. When they call in and the list is full, it's full. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. It's difficult. You got to do your yeah. best. It is difficult. Yeah. And, and that's a good deal. You see a lot of different kids out through the years. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Fun hunt. And also, while you're, if you're on that Facebook, I can't remember if you scroll a little bit more or a little bit less when you get to Dale's stuff, but you'll see where the women had a hunt beyond the outdoor women recently. Yeah. Over in Humphreys County. Over in Humphreys County yeah. on a new piece of property that, that we have. And the, <laughs> they absolutely had a great hunt. And if, you, if you're a female and you want to get involved and learn more about the outdoors and learn how to deer hunt, uh, you can get on our website and learn more about the beyond about the outdoor women and beyond outdoor women. And, and man, there's some big deer in Tennessee. And uh, they went down there and had a good time. But that's out there, too, as we try to get as we reach out and try to get more folks. And involved. you may have mentioned this, but that's the Buffalo Ridge Refuge. I didn't say Buffalo Ridge. It's a new piece of land for us. Yes, uh, we uh, we own that now. And it's a great oasis or paradise for deer hunting. And it's going to be a great place to continue to reach out to the women the youth and soldiers and all kinds of special hunts there special hunts they are and there's a lot of those that go on and we're always trying to reach out and get folks involved in the outdoors get you away from the telephones for a little while cell phones Mm -hmm. that we all carry right Mm -hmm. but we get away from them some all right dale tell us a little bit uh about duck hunting over in your area and then i'm gonna get back to deer one more time just in your area in area 21 we are in the duck season now getting started again going to roll back around december the third is when it starts and goes across the state got some areas got some places they can hunt in, in middle tennessee yeah you know, uh, here in the district 21 area we have uh that's, that's northern middle tennessee northern middle tennessee yeah. uh, obviously we have the lakes that are here that are open just to general hunting mm-hmm. but some of the lakes we have old hickory uh wma which has the uh, waterfowl blind set up draw hunts right uh we have uh, cheatham uh wma over in cheatham county on the cumberland river also uh, which are draw hunts, but there's a couple wading areas. Uh, and then we have Haynes Bottoms over in Montgomery County oh, along yeah. the Cameron River, uh, which is draw hunt. Uh, but all of these uh, areas that we have, uh, you know, if no one's there during First the day. Come, yeah, yeah, half hour before sunrise, yeah, right? If, if, okay. if you show up and nobody's in their blind uh, that had drawn it, if the people that drew the blind aren't there, uh, it's available for the general public to go in and hunt. Does that happen a lot? Yeah, yeah, it, especially during the middle during of the week. During the week, yeah. yeah. A lot of Wednesdays or whatever days yeah. they're open. Weekend is probably going to have a blind holder there, but during the middle of the week, you can probably get in and jump in a blind. If they're not there on the weekends, the ducks aren't flying. And they're probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so there are some opportunities here in the mid-state for that. And Do you see many small game hunters on those WMAs? Yeah, um, uh, several uh, early season, of course, squirrel hunters, but uh, rabbit hunters, a uh, few quail hunters on the uh, Haynes Bottoms or up in that area where we have a few quail, uh, but mostly rabbit hunters. Okay. Yeah. All that's in the guide all across the state. We have all our WMAs listed in our hunting guide, but you got some pretty special places up in, the, in yeah. the, that part of your part of where you work a lot. Yeah. So good deal. And then I want to ask you, finish out today on, on um, antler sheds. We're a little early for that. We may get you back in here to do a whole show, bring some of your sheds in there, but it's part of deer being his um being the deer crazy person he is <laughs> he doesn't stop hunting uh, when deer season's over he waits a little while then he starts hunting deer sheds and these things right here right yeah i've got a he a brought set. a nice yeah. nice pair with him there yeah. so when is deer shedding hunting time um they can drop them anytime i mean as far as if they get uh, over uh uh, stressed during the rut or if they get injured they'll drop them early well uh, so they they can start it, dropping them december oh wow. um so okay. uh awesome. so when you're hunting and you've let a lot of bucks go on your property and you're hunting doe at the end of the season be careful because look at their body look at the way they're shaped look at what they're hanging out with because you could shoot a, a buck that's dropped his antlers so just be careful be oh, mindful gotcha. of it. be yeah. mindful of right. it because if you're if you let a really good deer go but he got stressed from the rut and he dropped them early and then you shoot him as a doe in a field while he's feeding 
you know, that defeats the purpose of letting him go. Right. So just be careful with it. But um, they'll start in December, and then they'll they'll really pick up in uh, and then some in January, but they'll really pick up in February, and most of them will start to uh, drop them off in March, and then they'll tail off, and then they'll they'll end it up around the first week or two of April. All right, I'm going to sound silly here, but is that the difference in an antler and a horn? Is it because antlers drop off annually and horns don't? Yes, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. And what causes an antler to fall off a head? Um, it's it's all kind of due to, and this really goes back around to the breeding season and everything ties to daylight hours. Everything is tied to the sun. I mean, pretty much if you look at it like that. Um, they start to grow their antlers as the days become longer, which is March. You get the, the equal day and equal night. So uh-huh. so in March, the, the sunlight gets longer. You get more longer days. So they, they know, okay, testosterone in my body goes down, so I'm going to start growing my antlers. They grow them all summer. All summer they feed, they feed, they feed. And then you get into uh, uh, summer, middle summer and you get the longest day of the year. And then after the longest day of the year, you start to get, which is June 21st or so. Yeah. Then you start to get shorter, about a minute every day. Shorter, shorter, shorter. Shorter daylight means testosterone levels go up in their body. As testosterone levels go up, it means I'm going to start, uh, my antlers are going to harden. I'm going to start rubbing my antlers. The velvet's going to come off. And then as testosterone keeps going up, which is in October, breeding season starts to occur. So uh, high testosterone levels in October, and then uh, you know the breeding starts. After the breeding's over, you have the shortest day of the year in December. So after December is when the daylight starts to increase a little bit, and they start to not need the antlers anymore because breeding season's over, and they eventually fall off. Well, I'll be so done. it's tied Thanks. to daylight. Okay, tied to daylight and. What then? It starts in December, and I'm sure it probably picks up. There's probably a, January, February might be a, the months you, that really are out there. If you uh, want to maximize your time, maximize good word would be before turkey season and during turkey season before the green up. Okay, because most of them are on the ground then. What makes shed hunting fun, and why do you do it? I just know that there are big deer left in the woods because it's fun. But why do you do it? There are big deer left in the woods. (laughs) Yeah. And all my life, I've walked around and walked over them. Never looked for them. Uh, I found one when I was twelve by accident. Mm -hmm. I really stepped on it in a creek. Um, I found another one when I was uh, uh, working as an officer one day. But then in two thousand seven, I trained my eyes to look for them. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. Are they really? Because you think about all the bucks you see during the summer. Yeah. Those bucks drop their antlers. A few months earlier, they're somewhere in the woods. So if you just walk through the woods, I've got to the point I can just walk fast and scan, and I, I'll see them if they're there, and if they're not, I'll keep walking. I do. I have done that with fishing lures when the lake levels go down. You really can train your eye to see what you want to see. Yes. But what do you do with them once you get them? Are you just trying to see how big the bucks were out there, or are you doing something with Some them? Some of them I've never seen before. I've never seen before. So I'm, so, I'm like, yeah. this is a new deer. I've never seen this deer. Trail camera with your own two yeah. eyes. Yeah. So I just pick them up, and uh, and then, then if I found one from two years ago, it may be a match. You know, I can look at the antler oh, characteristics and say, still be there for two years. well, sometimes they get eaten, sometimes they don't. If they're in an open field or if they're in a, uh, a brushy field that nothing's going to eat on them, mm-hmm. then, then you might find one that was a, uh, a shed from two years ago, but then you find the match from this year. He hasn't been harvested yet, but you can tell by the characteristics of the antler, it's the same deer. Now, that's um, interesting. Can and, you use them functionally, for, or do you use them for calling in deer or doing no, I mean, I, like I do. It? I do sometimes. But uh, what I what you can do is say, okay, this is one point I want to make. If we got, we got a second? Sure. Yeah, okay. Ahead. The one thing that people can look at this and they can understand deer behavior is, and this, this brought it clear to me by thinking about this, you see turkeys, 
turkeys are you know everywhere. Think about what turkeys do out throughout the year. In the winter, they group up, group up big flocks of hens, big flocks of gobblers. In the spring, what do turkeys do? They spread out. They go everywhere. But you still see them because turkeys don't they don't try to hide. They're visible. They want to be seen. They strut. They get in fields and they want to be seen. So you may see a turkey in April and May that you've never seen a turkey on a farm before. They just show up. Think about that. So in the summertime, what do deer do? Bucks are in bachelor groups. They're in big groups. Mm-hmm. So think about a turkey in the fall. The gobblers are in bachelor groups. In the fall, the male bucks disperse. So if you don't have any bucks on your property, but down the road two miles, a guy has a big chunk of property and he has got really good deer on it, those deer could potentially be on your property just like a turkey could be on your property. So think about the deer in the terms of turkeys. You can see turkeys. You know what they're doing because you can hear them. You can see them. Bucks are going to be secretive, but they're doing the exact same thing. They're spreading out, and they're going places that they've never been before. So what you're doing after deer season, or even during some of deer season, you're scouting for next year. Yeah, you can kind of scout. And these deer will, will go back to the same fields or the same bedding areas after the rut and drop these. So they're just doing the same things over and over every year. Okay, can we get you maybe... A little bit later in the year, early next year, come in, bring a lot of the sheds you've collected yep. through the years, and we'll have to we'll have to figure out how we're going to set up the set. We've been talking about doing a show on the roof at the agency. <laughs> He's got so many sheds, we may just spread them oh, across the yeah. roof and yeah. uh, do it up oh, there. We could just go on a shed hunt and do a little extra. How's that? Oh, I wouldn't yeah. mind doing that. <laughs> All right. Dale, we appreciate you being on here okay. a couple of weeks ago. You do a great job, and we're looking forward to seeing what the Tucker Buck does, the Tennessee Tucker too. Buck. All right? Yeah. All right. Jason. Thanks, Dale. Hey, you can watch this show at tnwildcast.com, tnwildlife.org. You can listen on iTunes, download it there, and listen on SoundCloud. We're everywhere. Just get out there and watch us or listen. And make sure you watch his extras. He does a great job with them. Dale's on one. Check it out on our Facebook because that's where we put the extras. And we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you all.